This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. I speak to nurses all, from all over the world coming to the U.S. Some have waited for many years to get here. And I'm thinking particularly of a nurse that I spoke to last week. Her name was Julie. She'd waited for 10 years. She had a, had a previous priority date. She got here and she said she's been here for a few months. And she said the organization that she's gone to is, you know, has been really good and helpful and supportive. But she's just miserable and she feels homesick and um, she just feels, you know, really down and depressed. Did you ever have days when you felt like that? I, I do. I well, did have those times. Yeah. There are times. Oh, go ahead, then. Go ahead. I, sorry. Tell us about it. it. Okay. Go, go ahead. Yeah, there are times. So when I came here, I didn't know how to drive. I have no friends. I have, um, I have this tendency that I kind of want to copy the American way to, to belong to them. Um, but it was not, I don't think it was a good way to do that. Um, what I did in your committee, I'm very sure there are um, Filipino organizations, Filipino community. There should be like Philippine Nurses Association in the state um, that you are in somehow. I get connected. I research group of Filipinos, like uh, organizations. Um, I reach out to them and then I met people, Filipino um that I became friends with, um, it is was it was also helpful for me to watch shows, watch uh, Filipino shows in in YouTube or anything like something like that. I connect with your friends. Um, we do have organizations around in the community where I can, where I am right now. Um, I participate to them. I go to their Christmas party. I go to birthdays even if I don't know who is having a birthday, but that's the way you connect. That's the way you, you know, you, you get friends. So, yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't isolate is what you say. No. Yeah. Because I think that's sometimes the worst thing that people can do is they feel like they're the only ones who's, who are feeling like that. In fact, everybody feels like that at some stage or another. Did you feel, did you have days like that, John? Well, that's inevitable, you know, Coming from like you know from the comfort of your home, being being here, um, even though I brought my family with me, my wife and my boy, we felt like the same. We we were homesick. Um, we were like I think we're on the edge of being depressed, if I may say, because we came here winter time, where there's like short short amount of daylight, and you don't get to see that amount of uh, sunlight that you get to have back home. So it's kind of like really, um, if I may say, depressing because. When we when we what we study in nursing school the the sad it's this an affective disorder, it's true. <laughs> I, I I we experience that you know by not having enough sunlight, um, you know shining to us it's kind of like difficult to, to to have that and then imagine the time difference because um, I think uh, where I am at right now Missouri we're thirteen hours behind uh, from home, so imagine the you know 
the adjustment of your body to that um t- the time zone it's kind of like it messed up, up really your system mm-hmm. so homesickness fe- being depressed i will say it's it's not normal but it's expected but i i just love what uh lanny said that you know um build friends build community just that's the only way for you to you know have a great solution for that you know life here in the us is not just work home work home well we need to build a life outside work mm-hmm. and that is you know right. building um, a great community hanging out with friends you know who can help you to be better uh to be a better person and stuff like that so yeah yeah i i think isolating is the biggest problem or feeling embarrassed or ashamed that you you know sometimes people have waited so long to come to america and they get here and those first few months and it's not to say everybody comes here and is depressed the whole time but but it is common to have days or periods of time in the beginning when you feel homesick and and you know you might you might be feeling a bit down and not everybody has that but it you know it can happen um mm-hmm. but i think the worst thing is really to isolate so mm-hmm. I, i think really good advice from there and i we've got a comment here from Alyssa who's saying he said 5000 is enough but if you have more bring it since you can always use it for setting up your home deposit for a car etc so good advice Alyssa thank you for that and um, Abigail is asking in this time that all the visa bulletins are current how long will it take for the nurses dreaming to be working there and um, so Abigail listen on Friday because we have a the um Friday Facebook live with the lawyers um and I will ask that question for you and um and the the good news is that there has never been a better time to come to America than now so if you have not yet passed your NCLEX or you're still working on your IELTS please get that done because there has never been a better time in terms of the visa bulletin mm-hmm. shalani is saying if you are uncomfortable of your work will it affect your evaluation or appraisal as an orientee um i don't think so um it's probably different per, per organization but in the organization i work with um no it's 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 not uh the most thing when i do my evaluation with the staff um attendance that's the big, the big thing and uh I, i'm not sure with the hospital but i work in a rehab facility so every year when we do our appraisal those are most of the people that you work with what did you have a lot of complaints from your residents from the person you work with it's not um it's not because you are asking questions you didn't know how to the procedure now that's not how we do at least in our organization Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty common. John, any comment on that? Yeah, um I agree to what Lanny said. Um it won't affect your evaluation or your appraisal because um like in in my case, I get to touch base with the manager every six months or quarterly. So basically that evaluation or that appraisal is kind of like thinking uh seeing uh what's my progress at the moment or what will be my mm-hmm. goal in the next few months or in the next year. Mm-hmm. um stuff like that so basically it won't really affect you unless you know you, you did something that's you know outside what the policy says or what the guidelines says then that could be punitive but if you know it's just basically that's part of the process here you know your your manager will get to talk with you evaluate you and see whether what kind of help you may probably be needing or if you're excelling too much then you'll you'll be given you know additional work like you'll, you'll get yeah You get yeah, to that's true. Someone, 
you, you get to be a charge nurse. So th- th- those those kind of things. So it's yeah. it's not a scary stuff talking to managers here. Because back yeah. home, if you're you're if you're called in the manager's office, that could be you know something else. But here, if you get called by your manager, it's either you'll be given a gift card, you'll be given mm-hmm. some treats or some recognition. So it's not really entirely punitive. Yeah. No, it's not. And the only thing, uh, sp- speaking of appraisal, the only thing, the other thing that we uh, like is if you have um, improved your education, like if you get certificates, um, did you get your rehab certificate? Did you get your infection control certificate? Those things will help you get a uh, good appraisal, by the way, in yeah. our organization. So. Okay, so thank you for that question. Um, we have a comment here from Quenny who says, our employer floor manager gave us three months orientation preceptorship. If you're ready, it might be shortened. If not, you can request to extend a few weeks. So mm-hmm. Quenny is just confirming, confirming with what Lanny and John has said. Um, yeah, I work with Quenny in the same hospital. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so, okay, this is an interesting question. Elmo is asking, would it be more challenging to, tra- to transition in the U.S. now given the COVID situation? What would you say? That's an interesting question. Thank you for that question, Elmo. I didn't get uh, what you just asked, um, Tanya, sorry. Oh, um, so Elmo asked, would it be more challenging to transition in the U.S. now given the COVID situation? So, okay, in the, nurse, in the nursing home right now, it's a little bit challenging because of the staffing shortages. Um, if you came here without uh, proper training, it will be challenging. It, it, it would be a challenge. Uh, but I can share you something. We do have um, a Filipino nurse that came in here. That was February. Um, and then we got the pandemic late, late March. Um, it was a little bit challenged, but she made it. Um, what she did is like what I said, you just have to speak up that you are not comfortable in doing something. Uh, she extended her training because um, of what's going on. Um, but basically, yes, it's a little bit challenged, but it's rewarding. You, you will get a lot of job, probably job offer but the training that you will get will be a little bit different, I would say. Yeah. John? Yeah, um, I just love what you just said earlier, Tanya, that the best time to come to the U.S. is now. So, yeah, with or without COVID, you know, people are coming still here in the U.S. You know, it's still business as usual. Yeah. So people are getting hired in, in different companies, especially in the hospital, like what Danny said. There are like tons of opportunities here for nurses and other, you know, medical professionals because of the whole COVID stuff. So I think what's challenging here is, you know, um, there will be some um, backlog in terms of the processing of papers, especially when you get here. But once you set foot here, it's just easy because um, easy because you get a job because it's the primary reason why you know people want wants to come here and then once you you're in like in the hospital where i'm working with right now i've met few people who just arrived few months a uh, few months ago so they were on training but currently they were asked to do something else to help out with the covid situation so um it's kind of like um asking beyond on what's your uh, job description says but mm-hmm. it's still it's still a job you, you still get paid with that 
So I, I believe that you know, no, no matter what job they offer, as long as it's decent and you get paid based on what's included mm-hmm. in your contract, I don't think that's a bad deal. So you know, um, in terms of job, nursing practice, you know, everything here is still business as, as usual. Uh, but with other you know institutions where you know your process, will, your papers will get processed, probably there will be some challenges with that because I know some people who doesn't have their. Um, social security number yet they don't have their green card yet because um there were some uh, i think there were some constraints with their schedule but they're working on expediting everything uh Mm -hmm. for them to have those papers ready but i think other than that you know everything here in the US is still still the same yeah Yeah, i think around this time they have um they have waivers uh, like for example, for for the nurses and the CNAs that they can practice even if we they don't have a certain document. Yeah, uh, some states at least in our state. Yeah, yeah. correct, Lani. There are some states that will have emer- emergency license that you can um, process, um, and that's where it's really important to be with a, a, um, a an agency that can help you with that process because it can feel very confusing and a little bit overwhelming, right. you know, when, when things are delayed like social security or getting a license endorsement or emergency license. Um, so it's important to, you know, to be able to confer with your agency about that. Um, I, we have a question here from um, JR. Hi, hi, JR. I know JR. Well, three months. Good to know that. How was the setup? You handle patient while you, have a senior nurse accompanying you. Um, I think he's, uh, JR is asking about like how does it work? Do you have like a, a senior nurse who's working with you, like a preceptor? Tanya, I didn't get that again. Sorry. Oh goodness! Can you, Lani? Can you hear me? So yes, JR I can hear you. Says, so JR says, "Wow, good. Wow, three months. Good to know that. How was the setup? You handle patient while you have a senior nurse accompanying you." Okay, so in uh, in my setup in a rehab facility or in a nursing home, it's a little bit different. Once you are done with your training, you are um, you don't have any senior now. What you do, we, but we do have uh, supervisors or managers that are working with you on the floor that you can ask questions. Um, Basically, you you are on your own, but you can ask questions. You can uh, ask questions with your um, with, with the other nurses that you work with, or your um, managers or your director of nursing. It depends. It depends. I think it depends on the organization that you are, you work with. Okay, so. and, and Queenie is is confirming as well. You'll have a preceptor who will guide you on your bedside skills and charting, and. Um, Lenny, there's a question for you. What is the usual ratio of nurse to patient in a rehab? Okay, so the in in law or according to uh, the, the legalities is uh, like it depends on the shift. Like first shift, second shift, third shift. So first shift, you need to have like a one caregiver or one nursing uh, nursing staff for 15 patients, but that includes your CNAs. Um, so in the facility that I work right now is basically one um, one nurse to 24 patients, one to 21, one to 32, but you will have aides, like two to three aides that you, you work with. Um, so that's... That's how that's set up. Yes, that's a ratio. Yeah, yeah, that's the setup. But legality-wise, one is to 15, 
one, for first shift, one caregiver to 15 patients. But that one caregiver includes your CNIT, could be a CNIT, could be a nurse. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Um, Alyssa is asking, I'm currently residing in Oklahoma, but I want to take my intakes in New York because it costs because it's less hassle than endorse it. Would it be okay to do it and endorse it later, or it's better to just take the NCLEX here in Oklahoma, regardless in uh, regardless it's hard in terms of requirements? And um, uh, Alyssa, you're welcome to contact uh, me, and I can give you the answer to that. Many nurses obviously uh, know that there are a lot of states that uh, require Social Security to take the NCLEX. So there are, we do have a list of um, that states that don't require that, and New York obviously is one of them. So that might be an option, and then we can you know, help you with an endorsement. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Nelia is asking, um, Ms. Tanya Lea asks, Hi, John and Lenny. What is the fastest way to get NCLEX? I'm in California now, but the Board of Nursing requires me to take the RN program. I'm looking for another state to apply. Um, so, Nelia, you're welcome to contact me, and I'd be happy to share that with you as well. Um, Cams is asking, how much is the cost and time you need to get a driving license in the U.S.? Is it advisable to get international driving license before you go to the U.S.? What would you say to Cams? Okay. <laughs> I do. Um, I, yeah, they, they can do that one, the international uh, driving. But I think it has, I'm not so sure, but it has a, a period of time that you can do your, you can use your international driving. But I would suggest to really uh, learn driving there before coming here. Uh, it my, When I came here, I had somebody who taught me to drive, but I did not have to go to school for, for that. Um, but I do also, um, I think it would be a good idea to start reading with the signs, the regulations here in the United States for you guys to be able to um, do it yourself when you come here. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time to learn. I think it's just your motivation to learn <laughs> and take your uh, driving license tests. Um, but it's really important. Yeah, very important. John, what about you? Yeah. How does it work with the driving license? Well, I, I was going through all these questions here. I want to thank Queenie for answering those questions for me because she <laughs> works with me in the same hospital room I'm working at right now. So, yeah, uh, what my wife and I did with regards to our uh, driver's licenses, um, we before coming here, we applied for an international driver's license so that we can um, legally drive here while we don't have one. So I think um, in our state, you're allowed to drive with your international driver's license for six months. And then after that, you have to get the state license. So what my wife and I did, uh, we rented a car and then and we reviewed some paperwork on how we're going to get by with the written exam and the practical as well. So everything we did it on the same day. So whether the question is, would it cost us? Did it cost us too much time? The answer is no. So basically, we just finished everything in a day. Uh, money, it's not that expensive as compared to other countries like in the Middle East. I, I have some friends who spend like a thousand dollars 
just to get their driver's license. But here, I, I don't think it will cost you that much. And then, yeah, and, and after that, you can just, you know, get, get your own car after you get your driver's license. It's the process here is pretty efficient fast. and fast. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's just you just have to allot a time for you to uh, fix or facilitate everything in terms of, you know, getting your driver's license. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, and, and, and the one thing just to mention is sometimes it can be different in different states. Um, so that's important to be able to research the state that you're going to be going to. Um, Alyssa is actually commenting as well on the driving and says it depends, but now, now that everything is done via appointment, it could take two months to get scheduled for written test. Um, I'm not sure Alyssa where you are based. I think you said Oklahoma. Um, but uh, but the tests and the cost depend on the driving school you want you want to go to. International licenses may work, but check with the DMV where you're residing. My JPDL wasn't converted. Okay, thank you for that, Alyssa. Um, uh, Gen Genevieve is asking. I have a visa screen already. Tanya. Sorry, yeah. Tanya. Yeah, John. Oh, I'm sorry. If I may add, with the driver's license. Yes. Um, I think the state that we're in right now, they will not really require you to be in a driving school before you, you mm -hmm. know, before you apply for a driver's license. Because mm -hmm. I have a friend, uh, um, she's she's a fairly new driver, but basically she knows how to drive. She knows um, her ro road orientation. So my wife and I help her, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to their uh, practical test, preparation for their for her practical test. With the written exam, I think she already passed, she already passed it. So I think um, one thing that um, if you want to get by with your uh, getting your driver's license, you know, feel free to connect with with someone who knows the the, the road there. You know, where do yeah. they where do they do their driving test? Because at least they can give you you know some idea on how they run things there. At least when when you do your practical test, at least you already have an idea on how things work. So instead of paying i think some people here they ask for 50 dollars an hour mm -hmm. for for them to teach you but if you have like you know if you build a relationship or like you know you build um you trust with someone that who can help you with that i mm -hmm. think um it will help you a lot in getting your driver's license because i feel like there are there's a lot of people there who are willing to help it's just mm -hmm. that they need to be tapped in order for them to you know to help someone you, know, you, you need to ask first before someone helps you out. Mm. Yes. Yeah, 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 I agree with, I agree with John. Also, and I, I know, um, just something, I know maybe there are um, out, somebody out there that who knows how to drive already, but just like what Jan said, road orientation, because I know someone who has a car in back home, knows how to drive, but when she came here to the United States, she did not make the test. It's because the way we drive in Philippines is totally different here. So yeah. do not take that trait when you are driving here. And, Especially and I, when you're doing your tests. Yeah, exactly. And I can tell you from my personal experience, I came to America 20 years ago. And in the beginning, I drove, I'm in California, I drove on an international like on an international license i was very positive coming here i i really you know it was stressful in the beginning but you know not really too bad for me my, my, my husband hated it but in the beginning and he loves it now but um but that that's a whole nother story but the, in terms of the driving license it was the one thing that i was petrified of 
I was so scared to take my driving license. And I've driven for 20 years in America, like in South Africa. So, you know, it, it can be very intimidating. I remember the day that I got my license. I think it was like the happiest day ever. <laughs> I felt it was the biggest accomplishment. And so, you know, to anybody who's scared like I was, just you have to push yourself and go for it. Yeah. Like John and Lanny have said, just ask for, you know, tap other people for help. Because people will help you. Yeah. You have to ask. And if you did not make it at the first time, you will do it in the second time. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. Nobody's ever going to ask. No. Uh-oh. No, it doesn't make it. I did not pass it. You pass MPLEX will definitely pass your driving test. <laughs> yeah. No, I failed my first driving test because I did not know how to. That's one thing for I did not sure. know how to parallel parking. That's the only thing. Oh, really? But the second time I did it, I made it. <laughs> Well, I'm so grateful in California we didn't have to do parallel parking because I, I don't know if I would have passed. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, we have a lot of questions, but I'm going to have one more from the chat and then I'm going to ask you about the states that you're living in. So the last one from the chat is from Genevieve um, who's asking, I have a visa screen and priority date already. Can I apply to your agency? And um, if I'm working at a clinic, but with previous acute care experience in tertiary hospital, the answer Genevieve is yes. There are many organizations all over the US that look at for different kinds of experience. So even if you're not not currently working in an acute care hospital there are different opportunities for you and you know we we'd love you to apply yeah okay. and, sorry <laughs> i want to add to that one yeah. it's not yeah. necessarily sorry, that you that need to have i mean it depends on where you are applying i guess but um you, you don't need to have this some company organization would hire someone who doesn't have experience also so yeah just okay. to let you know Okay, good. Well, we've got so many questions. So um, we will, um, I will go into the chat afterwards and, and Lanny and John will also go into the chat and see if we can answer some of the other questions um, that are coming up. Thank you, everybody, for asking the questions, because really, this is just a chat. Um, you know, it, it, the, the Lafora Talk Show is really just an informal chat and it's for us to share, to learn from each other. And I just love how everybody's asking questions and it's conversational because that's really what it is. It's just here to help. That's all we that's all we want right. to do. And um, OK, so I'm going to talk now a little bit. We are we almost at the hour and I, I was so involved in our conversation that I didn't realize the time. <laughs> so um what tell us, um, Lenny and John? We're going to talk about the states now. So this is a new segment that we've implemented, um, in the Lafora Talk Show. We started it last, uh, the last Lafora Talk Show in December, and um, and we do it at the end because we have to save up to people to know which state you're going to be in. And um, so if you want to each tell us a little bit about the state that you're in. And tell us about why you why you like that state, or if you what you don't like about that state. If there is something, I mean, this is a, a place to be honest, and this is our our safe place to chat. And if you can tell us about the um, cost of living, the taxes, the weather, and you know, if you need a car where you live, because there's some places where you can get by with public transportation. And um, okay, that would be great. Over to you, Lenny. 
So I live in Michigan. Um, I love it here. I know I could have another opportunity from other places, but I choose to stay here. Um, the only thing that I do not like here is the winter time. <laughs> I hate. I do not. I mean, I dislike driving in the snow. Who who does? <laughs> but um, I, I love it here. The people here are very nice. Are very nice uh, in the area that I am with. Um, we do have. We don't have a lot of high rate of high rate crimes. We do have crimes, but not as bad as other um, other cities. Um, so in Michigan, most of the people think that a Motor City, um, Ford, Chrysler, GM, uh, mostly in Detroit. But um, Michigan has it, it's it's a huge state. We have Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula. We are the state that connected to four Great Lakes. Um, we have Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, Lake Erie. Um, uh, only, I think it's only one lake that is not connected to us, the Great Lakes, the uh, Lake Ontario. Um, we do, our cost of living here is not as bad as other facility, in fact, other state rather. We are on the top 10 of the cheapest um, state I, I i do think i think michigan is yeah michigan is number seven uh for property taxes per year average is two thousand about two thousand and one hundred forty five dollars a year um it depends also on we do have city tax but it depends on the city that you are in in grand rapids where i live uh, i have to pay 2.4 about 2.4 percent uh, city tax and the state stock uh, stat, uh, tax is about 4.25%. Um, average average cost of housing, it's probably around $130,000 or to $150,000. Of course, it depends on the city and it depends on the kind of house you're getting, but roughly about that amount. Um, so... I, I think we have a lot of national forests here. We have a lot of festivals. Actually, every year in October, we have art festivals in Grand Rapids. We have um, red flannel festivals. We have kind of we have all of those things around. Um, I I love the people here. They are very nice, polite. Uh, Michigan is a mix of Democrats and Republican, so it's it's balanced. Um, I think that's uh, all about Michigan that I could share. Um, fall, spring are very awesome. Pictured rock places, different colors, this kind of things. Okay. That gives us a really good idea and description of, of Michigan and Grand Rapids, Lenny. What about you, John? Tell us about where you are. You've mentioned oh, it already. Anyone was listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to represent the state of Missouri. So okay. I am specifically in Springfield. So it's the third largest city here in Missouri. So they have like four cities. Its capital is Jefferson City, Kansas City, um, St. Louis, and St. Louis and Springfield. So Springfield is in southwest part of Missouri. So we have four seasons here. So we have spring, summer. Fall and winter, like what um what Lenny said. So basically, um, we have to endure that when 
I think uh, get to have some snow here um, starting um, every January to February. And then it will start to somehow dissipate by tail end of March. And then you get to have like some good amount of sun again. Um, we have a lot of parks here, a lot of attractions as well. So we have caverns, we have lakes, Lake of the Ozarks, if you, if you guys are familiar with that. Um, it's just like um, an hour or two drive away from, from our place. And then going to big cities like St. Louis, where you get to see um, um, Gateway of Art. Um, it's four hours drive for, from my place. And then if you're wanting to have some Jollibee, um, Chicago is like eight hours drive, eight drives away. Oh, that's and, two hours from me. Oh, well, then, yeah. it's, it's, it's good for you, place, so. It's eight, eight, eight hours drive, eight, eight drives from here. And then it, from Dallas, it's I think it's same amount of hours as well. Um, in terms of like safety, I think safe word is somewhat relative. So here, the the property related crimes are pretty high but in terms of other staff um i think it's um it's fairly safe here if i may say and the funny thing here is when my wife and i were trying to move out from our current um from our previous place we were like checking in google whether what safe safest place to live in um in springfield and then what's funny is you get well not funny but you get to see um all those People who has criminal records, they just live in one in one uh, in one place, um, and then you get to have daily um, updates of those people who were who who just got their mugshots taken the night before. Mm -hmm. So based, yeah. I don't know whether you have that as well in Michigan. So at least you know you they get do. to see you know those people that you need to avoid chatting with or you know um, having interaction with um, for you. For you to be to be safe, if I may say, so, and then in terms of um, cost of living, um, based on my research, the cost of living here is twelve percent below than the national average. So basically, it's it's a pretty good place to to live in. Well, if you have um, low cost of living, it it also follows that you have low um, low hourly salary as well, if I if I may say so. Basically, it just goes hand in hand. But the thing, what what we love here in um in Springfield, it's not highly urbanized as compared to other city or state that we've visited um in in the past. So we get to have this life work balance. We get to have some amount of um entertainment when we go to Branson. So they said that Branson is um the Vegas of Midwest. So because some some of the artists there. Um, from Vegas, who just retired, they just they eventually moved to um, to Branson to continue their business. So we get we get to have a little dose of that here. So it's in terms of like uh, how far is that place from our from our place? It's a four to five minute drive, and you get to have a lot of um, outlet stores where you can have good deals. Um, everything you know, um, sky's the limit from from apparels, bags, shoes, clothing. You get to have good deals there. Um, in terms of outdoor activities, we have uh, lakes. You can you can do fishing there, but make sure when you do fishing, make sure that you have a permit or license to do that. Because I almost got caught when I was doing that. Good thing it's pandemic. <laughs> oh so there's like, yeah, um, if you're fishing um, in a in a in a state park, 
they require you to have um, a license to do that. So basically, you can just get that from Walmart. It's $12 a year. <laughs> so if you're fishing for an ordinary fish, that's just $12. But if you're looking for a trout, a sea bass fish, um, I think it's much higher. I think it's $15 per yeah. year. So yeah, yeah so you, you better be aware of those kind of things. And then if you love biking, there are a lot of trails here as well that you get to see um, down here in Springfield and even in Branson area as well. Um, lakes, lakes are pretty great here during summer. Um, I think we've been in the news uh, because during the pandemic, there were like, a lot of people who are not wearing their masks during, um, during that period. They were like, you know, spending time in the lake. So yeah, it, it's a, and then in terms of activities, yeah, there are a lot of things to, to do here. You'll not get bored, but um, if you run out of activities here, like, you know, those neighboring states are just nearby that can easily be, uh, you, can, you can always drive there. Um, in, in terms of like schooling, um, I have a four-year-old boy right now, so I'm sending him to a daycare. So my wife and I, uh, we usually take turns in taking care of him. Um, my wife works uh, weekend weekends and I work weekdays, so at least you know we, we have that uh, time uh, time with our with our son. So the school system here, based on based on their records, they have a pretty good standard of, of education system here. So when you start bringing your kids here um, in public school, they basically provide everything, all their um, supplies, even food. They 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 provide it as well. Um, what else can I say? So, um, it's, well, there are some people who are moving out of Missouri because they have family members or relatives, um, in other states. But, um, based on my opinion, um, Springfield is a pretty decent place. It's a great place to live and raise a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would, sorry, go ahead, Nanny. Tanya, I, you know, it just came into my mind and, um, I, I forget it a while ago, but um, is it okay to add something a little bit from what we talk about budgeting? Because I forgot to remind them that when they come in here, because this is the one thing that I regret, uh, okay. savings. Okay. And um, so now when you come here, ask your employer about your 401k, do they match it? Do they offer HSA? Um, and it's not good, you know, I would like also for them to explore about Roth IRA, different kind of savings, because that's the main thing. If I did not know about those things when I started here. I only learned about it three years or four years after. And if I have started putting savings around that time, it could have been accumulated into something different or like a huge amount of savings by yeah. now. Yeah. So, yes, they need that. That is really important. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Lenny, because I, I can relate. I had the same experience. And it's sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. You don't even know what right. you are. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Just to add into that yeah. one. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, well, you know, it's so interesting when we talk about the different places, Grand Rapids and Springfield. I've been to Springfield, as you know, many, well, many times. Um, and um, every place is just so different. People don't realize how different it is 
um, in the different parts of the world. And you, you know, every place has got their their good things and and maybe some things that aren't as good. Um, but I think really, really important to share information so that people can educate themselves, um, and that can really make a huge difference to being able to smoothly to come into the US. Okay, we are way over time, but I wanted to thank Lenny and John so much. This was so informative. We, I loved speaking to you. It was really fun. It was a great conversation. I think we all learned so much from you. And I want to thank again the Lafora admin team for giving us this opportunity. I think it's so important for people to educate themselves. Um, there was a question about coming to the U.S. in the pandemic. Yes, this is a great time to come to the U.S., but at the same time, it can be even more stressful because a lot of healthcare organizations don't have the time or the bandwidth to help you as much. And so, you know, really important to educate yourself and so that hopefully it can be as smooth as possible when you finally are living your American dream, which is what we want for everybody who's watching. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.